Episode 995, and it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And Derek is out this morning, but uh, sitting in once again from San Diego, California, our very own Gabrielle Griffin. Hi, guys. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Eugene Cho joins us. He is one of our favorite faith leaders. He used to be a pastor in Seattle. Now he heads up Bread for the World. He is an amazing guy. Um, we just we wanted to talk to him about kind of the challenges a lot of nonprofits are facing now, especially with inflation, donations are going down, things like that. And then talk about how we can get involved and help you know, make a difference and stuff. So don't miss that conversation. It's an important one. Uh, and at the end of the show, instead of a game, Tyler's, uh, he's on a little mini vacation right now. Uh, we have a little get to a little table topics, a little cast interaction segment. So don't miss that as well. Uh, but before we get rolling, a little behind the scenes, you know, this is an audio medium, but we share pictures with each other. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, it kind of seems like you're having a rough morning right now. Listen, Listen, I'm running to the office to make it for this podcast, which right. if you listen last week, <laughs> I was late. Right. Uh, and so I get here and I tell Corey, I was like, all I have to do is make me one cup of coffee. That's yeah, just right. give me time to make Fair one enough. cup of coffee. Sure. So I go in, put, plug my computer in, the mic set up. I'm ready to go. Go make my coffee. I pull the creamer out of the fridge. And do what do you do when you pull the creamer out of the fridge? Unscrew the cap. You hold it in your hand and pour it into your coffee. No one shakes it up. No, uh, you shake no, it. No, I do. Yeah, shake I use oat milk, so yeah. you got to so, Me too. Yeah, oat milk. So I pull it out of the fridge. I just gave it a quick shake. Lid goes off. Milk goes everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> and here I am. I'm like, y'all are waiting on me. Now I have to get on the floor and clean up spilled milk. There was no crying, but I was, I was like, oh, there were Jamie, curse words. Yeah. I have so much empathy for you. Yeah. So I had milk all over the floor, I, but I did finally get my coffee. But I hate starting mornings like that. That that yeah. is what I have to say about mornings yeah. like that. I hate it. Yeah. I will say this. So Gabs works three hours behind East Coast. So like we 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 have people in Paris and all the way to California. So we have a team meeting at eleven o'clock Eastern, um, and Gabs comes on, which is eight o'clock her time. So she's usually just gotten up, and it is three out of four meetings that Gabs will either be a minute or two late or. A minute or two into the meeting, all of a sudden her camera goes off. And every time it's because she poured coffee all over herself because she's scrambling oh, no. and, you know, trying to get settled real fast and coffee goes everywhere. No, I don't know what it is. It's like I, I, I finally have determined that I just have to slow down in every yeah. area. I just have to slow down because what will happen is I'll get so I'll get I'll get stressed out thinking about like the hundred different things I got to do. And then I'll get the stressed out shakes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you're like super worried about having to do a million things at once. And you, your hands actually start like jittering. Cause you're just like, Oh my gosh, I have that could to be the coffee done. too. Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that, but I do, I, I mean, I'm a caffeine junkie, so yeah. I, well, yes, my but. PSA for everyone is just make sure the lid's on before you shake yeah. up your creamer in the morning. 
That's all I got to say. Yeah. I've had I've had numerous coffee incidents, and it's almost it's 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 really the canary in the coal mine. If you have a bad coffee mm-hmm. incident in the morning, mm-hmm. just be prepared because <laughs> the rest of the day, <laughs> you probably I'm you know I'm not trying to speak that over anyone, but I'm just saying sometimes it it precludes other absent-mindedness later oh. in the day. You know, you know the song "Not Today." The devil mm-hmm. knows not today. That yeah. song, yeah. Whenever that happens to me, I put that song on. Mm-mm, it's funny you say today. that. I, <laughs> I, I, I made coffee the other morning, and I put coffee into the water. I put the coffee grinds into the water reservoir. <laughs> oh, oh my no! Goodness. And it that's was a whole the mess. Worst. And everyone's waiting on coffee. And that's when, yeah, we we had a we had a little worship service there. Uh, yeah, not today, you gotta devil. Just take a breather. <laughs> you, you not know, today. You've already your 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 sinister tricks have already manipulated me into putting coffee grinds into the water <laughs> reservoir. I, who knows what really. he has planned for me today? Not today. <laughs> Behind me, Satan. You know what? <laughs> I don't think I've put two and two together until this moment that how your first beverage of the day goes. Is mm-hmm. probably how your day's gonna go, because like uh, as we were talking mm-hmm. about on our last on our last podcast, <laughs> those airports don't first, speak that over me. First, <laughs> if your first beverage of the day is a Guinness, your day's gonna go a different direction than if your first cup pretty of the day is is a cup of coffee that you pour all over yourself. Let's you know, be I mean? real, the Guinness day is probably gonna be pretty great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> pretty chill, okay? Guinness is a, is a beverage that old men at Irish pubs have, and I've never seen one of them have a non chill afternoon. <laughs> They are clearly in the mindset of enjoying life. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, exactly. this is interesting. It, it, so your it, it, first it, beverage of the day. I mean, that is a key is moment. We just got to slow down. Yeah, yeah. It is true because I'm a big, I like to have water beside my bed, you know, like just yeah. in case you wake up. Because you're dry a throat. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. We've all been there. You reach for the mm-hmm. cell phone or whatever, mm-hmm. and the cord gets tangled, and the water goes flying. And then you're cleaning up water either in the middle of the night or very early. It's a bat. It, it's, it's no one's happy about that. No, no one. one. No one. No one. It's you know the comforter is soaked. You know it's <laughs> it's a whole mess. I I, I will be honest. Yeah, this has happened to me so many times now that I am to the point where when it happens, I really do just take a deep breath, and I'm like, well. This has happened again. Calling in How sick. can I avoid this moving forward? Yep. I will try, <laughs> but I just take it. I sleep with a camelback on with a straw. <laughs> I have like an IV bag next to the bed, and I just grab a straw hooked up to it. The, biggest set. <laughs> the great thing is, I can see this. Gabs' yeah. husband made made them get one of those kid pee covers that you put on a mattress because she spills. Yes, yeah, so many stuff actually, every night. That is true. That is actually a layer on our on our mattress. <laughs> you lie. It's a plastic. There's a plastic. You, you've never so heard you get of it. The like crunches. Like no, you hear the. No, no, no you can no, cover no. that up. Yeah, it's covered with like layers on layers on layers. But I, Gabs, I do. You have, have no children in your life, but you have a I pee am layer. A child. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Listen, it is understandable. I've I've spilled numerous bev- numerous beverages early yeah. in the morning. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Yeah, Have I'd, grace for yourself. I, I, I'm I'm being com- very com- I'm getting more comfortable with dehydration than I am <laughs> with with spilling water early in the morning. Who are you people? I can't remember the last time I spilled anything. Like like this is so bizarre that you spill things so often that you have to put plastic layers on your fabrics. That is. I just think Cameron, you're a very even keel person, and just like nothing shakes you. I, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. We're clearly just not built that way. <laughs> like stuff gets to us, you know. I, I will say I deal with a lot of spills. Cameron witnessed yeah. a spill at my home 
one evening. Well, and he saw oh, he no. saw about four beverages go down in one foul swoop. It, it, they happen, you know. Aww. We were poolside. Was it your children, though? No, we were poolside, and 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 his lovely wife Dana was bringing us poolside beverages oh, no. on a tray. She gets right That's up so to nice. us and goes, "There was a gust of wind, and whoa!" And like, yeah. it was like oh, no. well, the problem is one fell, Aww. and then the liquid took them all disperses down. Yeah. the weight, yeah. and then they start slowly going down in slow motion. You know, <laughs> and then she's like, "Whoa!" Trying to save it, you know, and like, "No, nah, they're all gone." Poor Dana, looking at the drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Aww. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully you lovely listeners have not had any beverage issues so far in your day today, and it's going to be a good day. All right. That'll do it. Uh, Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Listening to Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's The Song is Burning. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season Four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen Season Four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so I wanted to talk about uh, the story with uh, actor Jonah Hill. I don't know. Have you guys have you guys seen the the kind of story that's going around with him? Yeah, he we is, covered it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's getting ready to release a new documentary uh, at, at film festivals this fall. That's called uh, Studs, and it's uh, S T U T Z. And anyway, the the film talks about his own personal mental health journey and and um, his work in therapy and counseling. And one of the things that he announced uh, coming into the the re- approaching the release of this project is that he has decided that he will no longer be doing press and publicity to promote his work. Um, because, uh, as he explains in, in a kind of a, in a, a long statement, which I encourage people to go to relevantmagazine.com and read. Um, he, he talks about, um, you know, he's, he spent two decades where he would experience anxiety and anxiety attacks. And it really took some, uh, you know, kind of professional and personal reflection to determine that, um, you know, constant media appearances and public facing events were a real cause of those. And it reminded me of the story of Naomi Osaka, the young uh, tennis star mm-hmm. oh, who yeah. was fined tens of thousands of dollars uh, last year when she opted not to do press following major matches, basically because it was causing her major mental health concerns. Can, can I ask, because I remember when that made the news, yeah. what happened in that situation with her? Like, I never heard anything she, after the initial news. Yeah, she ended up getting fined. Um, by and the that tournament. was it, and now she does press again, or she's still. I, I think abstaining? it's limited. I, I think she w- will occasionally. Um, and, and, but either way, you know, the her decision as well as Jonah Hill's has has sparked a lot of dialogue. Um, and 
you know, it's something I've I've kind of I've always thought about this a lot, mainly because uh, being in media in the media business, press and publicity tours are are a way that uh, you know uh, outlets and audience audiences can hear directly from talent. It's mm-hmm. it provides them with an incentive to do interviews and, and appearances. Uh, but you know, I think reading Jonah Hill's statement, reading Naomi Osaka's, like, I definitely understand the side of it. Like, Hey, if you, a good way to get, uh, attention to either a sporting event or, uh, a film or a television project or a book or an album or whatever, uh, is to go talk to the media and kind of drum up dialogue and interest. And the idea is that's going to make that property more financially successful, um, so I see the case of wanting talent to do that, but I do think taking an honest reflection of how different aspects of different people's jobs cause, you know, mental health concerns, mm-hmm. you know, beyond just people who have to do press. Cause I think a lot of people could see how public speaking or having to do interviews where people are asking you very difficult personal questions constantly would be a cause of stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. and, and potentially the root of some mental health uh, issues. But I also think, you know, you know, and Jonah Hill acknowledges in a statement that he realized he's in a priv- position of privilege where he has the ability to say, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore for where not everyone does, you know, right. but I do, you know, I was kind of thinking about how this would apply to just people maybe in jobs that are less high profile, but have aspects of their jobs that cause them more stress, anxiety and mental health issues. And just, you know, I, I think I think coming into an era where we can recognize, you know, mental health stuff. And, and I think it's, I think it'd be beneficial for, for more places of employment to have honest conversations about people with, with their employers about aspects of their job that might cause different, uh, you know, stresses and anxieties to, because everyone's different. Everyone excels Mm -hmm. at different things. And I feel like a lot of times there's a one size fits all approach to two things. Well, it's like, well, this is how it's done. You go on the publicity tour, you, you do this press conference, or, you know, you could apply that to different things in your own job. But I do think just being more sensitive to how different individuals are wired, you know, it, some people like doing stuff like that. There, mm-hmm. there are certain things that I might not find stressful that someone else might, you know, find stressful. But I think the more we understand the impacts of mental health, hopefully the more open it, it, you know, dialogue about the, this would become, because even if you're taking the sports team analogy, you know, I wouldn't expect someone who is really good at one aspect of their game to play a different position just because another player happens to not be good at that. Like I think ha- having jobs and, different duties be adaptable, not just to physical or educational, you know, qualifications, but for understanding different people have different uh, mental health concerns or emotional strengths and weaknesses. I think it could benefit a a lot of people, even if there are, you know, some, uh, you know, you know, some quote unquote negative consequences. I also think it could be spun to a positive where more people are empowered to do things that are their strengths. And not have to have to be overly focused on things that mm-hmm. are not. Yeah. I have a question though. So, like, think about school. Uh, think about college. Yeah. Think about going out for sports. You know, there's a point in your life when you don't have experience with the thing that you now have experience yeah. with. You know, before it. And let's say you have to give a speech for a history class or something in front of the whole class. You have to give a presentation. You've never done that before. You're terrified. You are restless. You're nervous. You, you're not sleeping the night before. You're terrified, right? 
you have to do it because everybody has to do it. And it develops a skill set in you. Uh, you didn't die. You, oh, I made it. Oh, I did okay. And it builds some confidence in you. It builds some, you know, like muscle memory for the next time you're going to have to be in front of people. And like you get experience by doing it. And yeah, I mean, if so, on one hand, that is a normal part of life. We all are put into situations that stretch us. Maybe we don't want to do it. I don't want to pay tax, you know, whatever it is, but we have to do it. And that's part of life. If we were to listen to just the person saying, no, it's bad for my mental health. I don't want to give the speech in front of the class. I'm, it makes me too anxious. And then we just say, okay, then you don't have to. Like then they then that person regresses in life. They don't grow. They don't develop. What's the balance is my question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little different because I've heard like professional athletes like you you mentioned already talk about like that's my job is to get out on the field and play football. I, I didn't sign up to be like have to go to all the press stuff afterwards and before. I think that it gets hard when we as a society hold people who are in a professional career, whether that be athletics or or movies or music, and say, you owe us this interview. Like you owe me press because you signed up for this. And they're really like, no, I signed up to play football or I signed up to do to be an actor or I signed up to put on concerts. That's where I feel the tension a little bit with that is like sometimes it's coming from we as society are demanding you give us whatever we want because we pay your salary in a sense. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm the team owner and or I'm the studio, I need people to know about this project. I need people to know that you're part of this mm -hmm. project, that you're excited about this project, that get them interested in the project, then we'll sell tickets and those tickets pay for your 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 role. I mean, like yeah. I can't, you can't say I'm a professional athlete and the crowd doesn't matter. You know, what the fans want doesn't matter to me. Like, that's it is part of the equation. Mm -hmm. Professional athletics is different than just being an athlete. I mean, you, you have sure. a job to sell tickets, you know. But, but, but yeah. I do think there is some degree, like I said, of nuance and balance there of like, mm -hmm. there's one thing about like, trying different things and overcoming like kind of challenging circumstances. But when you realize that there could be parts of a lifestyle or a profession that are the source of mental health decline, taking an honest look at what would the results of me requesting that there be some, uh, you know, kind of change in what my responsibilities are because this is causing me distress, but I'm really good at this. And maybe someone else, you know, could, could you know, I, I just think that degree of awareness, because if someone has like a physical limitation, we're very quick to try to find resolutions so that their physical limitations might not be a hindrance to their job performance. I just think that when we're when we're looking at mental health, I know it's, you know, sometimes a little bit more opaque externally, but developing that understanding, I think, could um, and that sort of sensitivity and flexibility could help people in the long term be able to excel because we see mental health the same as we see physical, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it's a great conversation to have. This yeah. is, yeah, I feel like this could be a, a really in-depth conversation <laughs> if you, if you let it, because it really boils down to balance mm -hmm. is what it boils down to balance between, okay, if you're not happy with what's going on in your if, if your work life is causing you too much stress or anxiety then you need to be pouring into other things in your life so if you educate yourself on okay I'm aware of this in this job 
but that's not what I want to be pouring into. I'm better at this rather than going to your employer if that's not an option at the time or what have you. Pour into it in ways that you can outside of work, you know, Mm. or explore other opportunities. I hate to say explore other opportunities because we live in such a time where it's easy for somebody to hop job to job to job to job to try different things, but... Yeah, I, I like the, I, to me. There's just uh, as a parent, you know, and obviously I'm thinking about helping to develop character in my mm-hmm. kid, and and like if if I was to just listen to my kid, what he would want to do is just sit and play video games nonstop mm-hmm. and not be challenged ever. And so it's mm-hmm. like that balancing act of how do I push him out of his comfort zone in a healthy way so mm-hmm. he can you know, be challenged and then develop new skill sets and com- mm-hmm. get confidence. Yeah. Frankly, you know, but then mm-hmm. there is a line of we might've pushed him too far and he really has mm-hmm. significant mental health trauma because of it. And yeah. it's like finding that balance, you know, yeah. not just for yourself, but for the people in your life is, yeah. is really and, something. And with, and with these two examples, you know, these are, you know, adult, I know Naomi Osaka is, is very young, but these are people who have had experience doing press. It was only after some degree of, self-reflection of, Hey, I tried this, I did it, but I realized I think I will perform better for everyone. If we can find a solution that plays to my mental and emotional strengths, just like you do for my talent or for my, for my workplace strengths, you know, I think that's fair. It's really fair. Especially if you're in a position that's in that kind of position where you're in a position of uh, great importance, um, where other people are really looking to you for things where you kind of don't have the luxury of, of not acquiescing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, What's I think that it's just word? A, acquiescing? Is it acquiesce? Acquiesce? acquiesce. You've never just heard go it? With it? Just go with it. I think, say it with confidence. I think you got it, Gabs. Yeah, it is. It's like where you basically conform to what another person's needs. Yeah. And hmm. give them what hmm. they need. So I, you sure? I feel like. Like a chameleon. A, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you don't have that luxury. Yeah. Of, you know. Yeah, I think just more open dialogue, understanding yeah. that yeah. people are wired differently and not everyone has to have a one size fits all, you know, solution. And yeah. sometimes people work better when their roles are adaptive to yeah. their strengths and their weaknesses, yeah. you know. Very yeah. true. Okay, Gabs, what do you have? Okay. So, you might have heard it come to light maybe la- uh, a couple of days ago, but apparently we had the shortest day ever um a couple of days ago. It was June 29th. Um, Do you know what month sh- we're in? <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> you said a couple of days ago. I'm like, this is back in June. June, July. Oh my goodness. I was reading it. Never mind. Can we restart? Let's no. restart. Nope. No, we're <laughs> restarting. Don't no. you do this to me. No. Oh, they it's, will. They will. It's, it's <laughs> All right, I'm so- going to have to learn how to not let you guys bully me around. <laughs> It's a it's a life skill you need to develop. That is Apparently. true. Apparently, okay. Well, you know what? We had the shortest day ever on June 29th. It was one point fifty nine milliseconds shorter than the regular uh, your average day. Which in your average day you have eighty six thousand four hundred seconds. So honestly, it's not <laughs> you wouldn't have noticed it. Um, how but did it is anyone really interesting. know this? Yeah, how did they know so, this? So they've actually been keeping an eye on it. It started back in 2016. Um, the the Earth started to accelerate a few um, days ago. Faster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, anyways, back to this. So a senior research a senior researcher at Moscow State University 
Um, his name is Leonid Sotov. I'm sorry if Good I'm job. butchering that. Mm-hmm. Home of the yeah, fight, fighting Russians. Right. The fighting Russians. Oh, okay. <laughs> did I? Did I? Okay. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> his explanation for why this is happening is that is climate change. Is that the glaciers are melting, the ocean is rising. I guess the tide um, rising affects the velocity of the globe. Um, so the swooshing, uh-huh. the swooshing mm. of the tides being larger is causing the earth to accelerate. So this isn't actually the, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see it accelerate a little bit more, not too, too noticeable, but over the next coming years, we will see it accelerate. So um, we're going faster. So that made the day yes. shorter. Wow. Yes. So what will happen if that does continue? Because the, they have no idea why this is happening or they can't really predict they assume it will go faster, but they can't really predict yeah. um, their resolution is to come up with another um, way of telling time. Um, and it would es- essentially be in a, a negative leap second, a negative leap second. Wow. Um, yeah. So it would subtract time. It, instead of us telling time as time is, we would be subtracting time, which I don't fully understand. It sounds confusing. I don't think they have it fully worked out yet. But basically, it skips one second, so it puts us back to where we should be or very close to where we should be or would be to our time that we know, which is just You know, Jamie, how they say as you get older, it feels like the years are going faster. (laughs) It is. It's true. Literally. (laughs) A a millisecond a year. I knew June was feeling crazy. I knew something was (gasps) off. There it is. You have just told me what happened to the end of June. I actually agree with that. June was a, an interesting month. But, okay, I I usually send our all-staff meeting every time we have our all-staff. And if I'm a minute off, I swear, just a minute off, somebody inevitably messages me in all-staff and is like, Gabs is late. <laughs> it's usually it's, Cameron. It's usually Tyler. What are you saying? It's, it always, it's usually you. It's and now always you Tyler. Have, now you have a reason. Like, you're just okay, going off the yeah. tides. Yeah. So I, I have been going off of my stove clock. For as long as I've lived here, and I have never changed it, the power's never gone out. I was going off my stove clock. I was emitted off, and I swear that was in June. I'm swearing that was in June. <laughs> so, I like, I like. Yeah, okay. it's a, it's a, it's. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, debate that excuse. You know. Yeah. yeah, I was late for a staff meeting because this the see, climate change. <laughs> yeah, the oceans are bigger and. Who can tell time anymore, right? It's all changing. It's all relative. Okay, Jamie, what do you have? Okay, so do any of you guys have a show that you have watched where you unintentionally, like it wasn't part of it, you learned a life-saving tip? Mm. <laughs> okay, so I, did anyone watch Punky Brewster? No, this is a lot. Gabs, you were probably not even born. Punky Brewster, <laughs> she one wasn't time, born, first of all. one of them got but, locked in a refrigerator and that was outside and then they, she passed. Like, I am so terrified. Wait, wait, finish that go- sentence. You said you were locked in a refrigerator and she passed? Like, the, the character no, died? No, no, she didn't She's die. Sorry. <laughs> As I was saying that, I couldn't remember if she passed out or not, so I stopped. But all, I just have this memory of like, don't go into a fridge. And so right. I get really anxious around things like that. But this is you what the story is. You get anxious around fridges? I get anxious about things that are outside that you could get locked in. I get anxious around things that are outside that you get locked in. Like when I had little kids, I mean, all I could think about was Punky Brewster's friend getting locked in that fridge. I'm sorry, but this is never going to get lived down. Don't let Jamie in your kitchen. 
not not your fridge in your kitchen. Listen, our second office would have given you hives. Okay, so this is back in like 2004 to 2008. We moved into and renovated it and everything, but w- the building was a former American Express credit card processing center like where they literally like made the credit cards and then mailed them out you know Uh like put your number on it so what's it what's built into this building a huge vault huge vault probably 40 feet long by 20 feet wide metal vault on all sides with the big old bank vault door okay so we move in relevant media group and there's a vault in the middle of the office and so what do I do? I put all the interns in there. So like oh my all, gosh. all the intern desks, that was the intern area was the vault, right? Does the but door shut? Y- if if they get ne- locked in, it's the interns. It's a real bank <laughs> vault door. We never closed it because if I don't know how we would have opened it. So That's yeah, insane. I would have had just, anxiety that somebody would have been walking by yeah, accidentally just, hit the door and then it closed yeah, and then yeah, I'm stuck yeah. in there and I miss dinner. And what do we do? <laughs> yeah. There was two like air vents for like, you know, people who might get trapped. There was like air vents that you get in, but they were very, very small because, you know, obviously thieves. So yeah, it was this huge metal vault in the middle of our office. You, you would not have enjoyed working okay, there. Okay, so yeah, see, I just co- told you a little bit about my childhood that I'm still <laughs> wounded by, but apparently these things can turn out good. So right now, it is the 30th anniversary of a Simpson classic, the episode Homer at Bat. Now, let me tell you, I was not allowed to watch the Simpsons no, growing up. Which neither was I. Oh, you know, on Sunday, my pastor referenced the Simpsons and I was just like, man, I, I totally missed this whole part of life. But anyhow... 30th anniversary of this episode called Homer at Bat. And in this episode, Homer eats too many donuts and starts choking. And his coworkers like don't know what's going on. But then they see the poster, you know, the poster in restaurants and places of the Heimlich remover. And I'm assuming that they save Homer's life since he went on to have plenty more episodes. But since it's the 30th anniversary, uh, you guys were were sharing over on the relevant um, webpage about how there have been stories of people coming forward saying, hey, I was with somebody. They were choking. I remembered this episode and I saved their life. Uh-huh. And so maybe some of this mindless TV that we talked about last week, like who knows what yeah. we're going to learn, yeah. what we're going to pick up on. But thank you yeah. for Homer at Bat because you that episode has saved people's lives. I, I've, mm-hmm. read, I've read several stories of people who learned how to do CPR because of mm-hmm. the office had the da 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 staying alive staying alive and the person yes. saw that and then somebody had a heart attack and they just did what they saw in the office and it saved the person's life it's yeah, crazy that that's in the story too and that happened to an Arizona man he found a woman unresponsive and that's what he remembered was from the office that's amazing yeah oh, i mean me too Story. I took CPR yeah. class like 20 years ago. I don't remember it, but I remember the office. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I took a CPR class a couple of years ago and it was traumatizing. So I definitely remember it. What was traumatizing about it? <laughs> you had dummies that you, you actually put the panels on. Like they did only, they did the CPR, but they also did like where you use the charger panels uh-huh. too. And the whole charger, <laughs> actually it was my fault. I put the charger panels on the dummy and I joked and I was like, not clear. <laughs> And everybody like jumped. Oh, your joke! But then it was like, yeah, it it didn't go. (laughs) It went over for half of them, and then the other half they were like older women that were not happy with me. It was for the YMCA. Oh man, I'll never forget. (laughs) We've learned three things here today, guys: (laughs) CPR, the Heimlich, and do not go in 
fridges that are sitting outside in a junkyard because or, you could get locked in forever. Don't <laughs> or be an intern at or, or don't yeah. be an intern at Relevant Media Group from 2004 <laughs> to 2008. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Sizes. Stay tuned. Up next, Eugene Cho joins us. But if you got my bag, I got you. Set your worry free. You got to shake. You got to shake. Got to shake. You got to shake. I don't analyze it. Look to where I've been. Wanna get on track. Go back to where it all began. Let it book and ride. Listening to Santa Gold, the song is Shake. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Our guest today is Eugene Cho. He's a pastor and author and the president and CEO of Bread for the World, a Christian advocacy group seeking to address world hunger. Uh, Eugene sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss the new challenges Bread for the World is facing and how the church can help end world hunger. Here's our conversation with Eugene Cho. We're talking about Bread for the World. So I would love to know kind of really just how things are going. I know COVID really messed everything in the world up. And so let's start maybe in the U.S. How has world hunger been? How has COVID changed it specifically? When you go to a grocery store, uh, research tells us that certain groceries on an average are costing 12% more than it did a year ago. Uh, We're talking about gasoline prices going up. And the list goes on. And so as a result, if I can be somewhat candid, when I go to the grocery store, I guess in my privilege, I'll complain. I'll whine because the bread that I want costs 20% more. But the reality is, if I really want that bread, or if my wife really wants that bread, um, I'm going to go ahead and purchase that bread. But that's not the reality. That's not an option for many neighbors in our country and certainly around the world. But since we're going to be focusing right now on domestic hunger, one out of every 10 people in the United States are having, um, they're basically having a hunger security issues. Uh, for uh, Black families, uh, it's the rates of hunger are twice as much as well. Uh, in the wealthiest nation in the world, in the United States, I just think it's un- Unacceptable that there are 13 million children that are food insecure right now. So that's uh, kind of gives you a high level perspective of what's going on. And of course, when you see research and reports coming out of food banks and church food pantries, you know that those lines that existed a couple of years ago during the national lockdown, people thought, you know what, we don't see those lines anymore. This issue is now dissipated. And that's not the 
case. Uh, we have neighbors in our country that are still struggling with hunger issues. Um, and so it's really important for us to know it and to consider how can we be a part of some solution. So I grew up in the South and there's a very common message that you really just need to help yourself, that it's it's not great to reach out for help. Um, I know men especially feel that way. And so that is obviously a terrible message to be hearing, especially when you really need help. So how can the church reach out to people in a way that doesn't shame them, but is just truly encouraging and helpful to them? That's a great question. And that needs to be a podcast in itself, like an entire series. Uh, and so Emily and Eugene launches a new podcast on normalizing certain things. I like it. You know, so, so, so I think there's a, a few things that would come up. And you know, for one, uh, I know maybe we are using this word a lot, but I love the fact that we're using this word a lot. And it's the word empathy uh, is to place ourselves in the situation that others might be at. Uh, it's compassion. It's connection. It's to understand. And theologically, as Christians, this theology of the body of Christ, if anyone should get it, it's got to be us. Mm -hmm. Like, this is part of our very identity. And so, I think we've got to keep speaking about these things and not just speaking about it as intellectual abstracts, but again, understanding that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, not just a good moral teacher, but the person that we say we follow, we see this deep empathy and compassion. And it's not just empathy and compassion, it's friendship and relationship. He chooses to engage in friendship and relationship. But I think one of the ways that we can normalize this is we can speak about it, particularly from stage and from the pulpit, in a way that it's not a project. Sometimes one of the most dangerous and unjust things, right? there's a danger in trying to do justice unjustly. And I think one of the ways in which we do this is that we treat those who struggle with hunger and poverty as projects. And people were never intended or meant to be projects. These are our mothers and fathers. These are our sisters and brothers. These are our uncles and aunts. These are part of our very community. Again, the body of Christ. For me, the reason why hunger is such an important issue is that it fits in and aligns so much with what I believe to be a biblical mandate for human flourishing. Like God desires for people to flourish and flourishing can't be possible without right relationship with God, right relationship with one another, right relationship with creation. But we also know that, yes, it's true that man does not live on bread alone, but we also know that Jesus was deeply committed and had compassion for those physically, their bodies were not receiving enough food and nutrition, right? John chapter six, where Jesus feeds the multitudes of people. He teaches, but he also has compassion on their physical bodies as well. And so I think that's a way that we can try to normalize and build more compassion and empathy. How has COVID and even like you said, like inflation, so many other things, how has that affected world hunger and what is Better for the World doing to address those different instances? 
Uh, we talked about 12% inflation costs of groceries in the United States. Prior to COVID, in some of the most vulnerable communities around the world, researchers tell us that approximately uh, that, that some of the more impoverished communities, they spend about 40 to 50% of their income on food. Just let that sink in for a second. So just before all of the craziness of the last two and a half, three years, they're spending about 40 to 50% of their income on food. And now COVID, now climate, now conflict, now rising costs, it literally becomes a matter of life and death. And I know that sounds overly sensationalistic and dramatic, and I'm not trying to be. That's the situation. So right now, 49 million people brink of famine, 811 million people rising, going to bed hungry every single night. Uh, the United Nations predicted about 1.8 billion people could be affected and enter into poverty and hunger as a result of all that's going on right now. So Bread for the World, we're like urging our lawmakers to do again all that we can. And we're grateful for that. A few months ago, we were part of a coalition of, of organizations and advocacy, uh, NGOs, that we're able to advocate for a $5 billion emergency humanitarian food, nutrition, and humanitarian assistance as part of the Ukrainian bill. During that time, we were suggesting we can't just focus on Ukraine. That Ukraine's important, but let's not forget Afghanistan. Let's not forget Tigray and Ethiopia. Let's not forget Yemen. Let's not forget South Sudan. Let's not forget Myanmar. All of these things are going on. And in today's world where our attention span goes from one thing to another, whatever is the hot topic of the news, Bread for the World, we're trying to encourage the church, individuals, and certainly our lawmakers to say, this is a, a, a massive epidemic that's going on right before us. We've got to keep and focus and do something about it. Uh, let me just share one thing. Two years ago, uh, the largest industry that spent the most amount of money lobbying in this country were pharmaceuticals, uh, by far. Uh, the largest investment by a company in lobbying was a very small company called Facebook, uh, now called Meta. And in a democracy, I get it. They can go ahead and utilize those resources. My, my challenge to the believer that's listening, my challenge to leaders and pastors that are listening is who's advocating for our neighbors who are struggling with hunger and poverty, who can't afford to send lobbyists, if you will. And so Bread for the World wants to partner with your church, wants to partner with Christians, individuals, so that we can continue to um, invite you into that process so that together we can form a choir uh, to let our elected leaders know, let's do our part to curb, to fight, and to ultimately end hunger. That was Eugene Cho. Make sure to check out the amazing work they're doing at their website, bread.org, bread.org. Stick around. Up next, we got a little 
special table topics segment. Don't want to miss it. It's so hard, it's so hard to watch you walk away. It's so hard, it's so hard to face another day. It's so hard, it's so hard to watch you walk away. Listening to Bay Ledges, the song is Walk Away. Okay, so every once in a while, we like to just, you know, kick back and and get to know the cast a little bit more. You know, they, you know, Derek's not here this week, Gab's is sitting in. So I grabbed a selection of get to know you icebreaker questions. I like to call them table topics. And I figured I would just do a little potpourri, a little round the horn. What do you think? Pretty, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Love let's it. do it. All right. Here we go. Uh, in no particular order. Uh, if you could only have one sense, so I'll restate them for you, sight, taste, hearing, touch, and smell for the rest of your life, one sense for the rest of your life, which one would you choose and why? I would probably, you know, the old saying that if you, if you like when one, when you lose one sense, the other ones get stronger, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh-huh. I would choose, it's going to be an odd choice for a lot of people, but I would choose to have smell because inevitably what? I would have the greatest what? nose on the planet. What? I'd be like a human bloodhound. You'd be walking people around in the dark just smelling nose. stuff. You couldn't, you couldn't even feel anything. Like if you bumped into something, you're just smelling if stuff. My understanding of how all this works, I will have the greatest nose in the history of humanity. <laughs> and I no. will be, I will be utilized for everything no. from, like perfume and cologne companies, fragrance companies will, will want my services. <laughs> like I said, old British detectives just, and investigators. Jesse, in the same line of thinking, let's say you have sight. Sight would be my choice, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking sight just because you could read, you could be intellectually stimulated, even if you can't hear or taste anything. But but in your line of thinking, I would have the best peepers in the world. I could be spotting raccoons have, at two miles away. But here's the thing. They already have binoculars, okay? They already, <laughs> they, that, in, that exists dude okay it's very i don't i don't think they're smell technology i've hey, read hey. this actually is is very unsophisticated okay so what would what would enhanced touch be what would super touch be <laughs> again <laughs> again we already we i are, need to know yeah well yeah, use your imagination friends <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies what would your what which one and why uh was hearing one of them yes that's a sense Okay, well, I didn't know if you listed that off. I didn't hear you rattle that. Um, I would go with hearing because music. Oversight. Yeah, I would go with music because, well, think about it. Your voice is the one thing that's like completely unique to you. Like you might look like somebody, but your voice is not going to sound like somebody else's voice. I feel like a voice is completely unique to each person. And it's something you can quickly recognize and I feel like I wouldn't want to give music up. I feel like I, I experience my, the, the closest I feel with God is through worship. Um, so that would be like a. But see, if I have sight, I can read the Bible. And Oh, that's true. But you could have somebody read the Bible to you and two is one, where two is Listen, one, you know the Holy Spirit is there. Have somebody read it to you. God, God <laughs> invented our, sen- our senses. A mess. <laughs> 
I was going to say something, but I, I'm stopping myself because I feel like it would be sacrilegious for me yeah. to say I would try to experience God through smell. And I'm just oh, gosh. I'm I was stop. waiting. Oh, my gosh. I'm not saying anything about. I mean, theoretically, I don't know if we could get a theologian if. If N.T. Wright could jump on, let me know oh those gosh. thoughts. If the only sense you have is smell, the only sense. Like, you can't feel yeah. touch. You can't hear. Yeah, nothing. You can't see. You're just a no. nose. You're just, you're you're just, just a, a nose. Oh. Jesse, your, your son has not gotten old enough yet. But I will tell you the last thing I would want to say right. is my sense of smell having a middle school son right now. I'm just telling I'm, you. I, Again, there are spiritual implications that you guys aren't even <laughs> pondering that I could find a whole new spiritual practice here. Jamie, I'm sure. Jamie, what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with sight. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm going to go with sight. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to be able to see the world around me. Okay. Here we go. I want to see if I'm going to bump into something. I mean, really, that, that's the thing. Okay. Here we go. Uh, next one is a would you rather? Would you rather be a giant that everyone can always see or a microscopic size that no one can see? And why? Big. Destroy everything. <laughs> I mean, this is basically just like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, my gosh, it is. Yeah. yeah see, um, I for that reason, I would go microscopic. Because if you're a giant, you're yeah. going to think about it. Well, either yeah, way. Yeah, but you get eaten by everything. You're bottom of the food chain. You're stepped on. You're an ant. But, but I have. A, but there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of like logistics to this that I feel like we need to think through. Like, do I get yeah. one of those little... Like little ships that they use in like the it when like in the magic school bus when they go up the nose and go into the body and they they, <laughs> they zip it around because otherwise if I'm microscopic it's going to take me forever just to walk across the a normal room like that's like yeah. six miles for a tiny right. you know that's what I'm so saying. do I get a little microscopic little little ship like a little yeah but spaceship. you could hitch a ride I, regardless I mean you could like like get on the back of your get dog onto a skateboard or a dog or whatever yeah that's how you get around. I, you would, know what I, do? I would go microscopic because you could go in any room. You'll never yeah, be seen. I'm, you can see everything. You can experience everything. If you're a giant, you experience nothing. You're just seeing roofs and trees. Down okay, there. but how big are we talking? How big are we talking? If we're talking a giant, how big feet? A giant that everybody can always see. That's huge. It's like the, you're, okay. You're, well, like everyone on Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need specifics. <laughs> Cause I mean, like if I'm if I'm a decent size, how would you not go to the big, bathroom? I could buy a private island, hang out on that island for oh, the rest of my wow. life, and never deal with anyone ever. Yeah, so. but if you're microscopic, you could have like uh, you know a, a grain of sand, basically, and that could be your own private <laughs> island. You could no, have that's a true. Lot of that's that true. Is true. You could, you could, I, you, I could, you could put me in a terrarium. Like that, that like snakes Pros and cons, and I'd be like, oh man, I got an exotic wonderland at my disposal. Did y'all see that terrible movie where I think Matt Damon starred in it, where they signed up to get downsized? I think it's called Downsized. Yeah. It's it terrible. Don't go see it. It's dumb. But that's what this makes me think of. They all decided that, and then they lived in this whole new world. I what remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember it was. That. I thought the movie was so dumb, but that's what you're asking us. Would we sign up to be downsized? Okay, we need to add a movie review segment to this show where Jamie reviews movies. You, Most of them, she's only seen the first half. So she's just going to mainly do the first half of the True. movie. But 
I like it's that. like the new Doctor Strange. I didn't see the end. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, the, <laughs> the ending was." So, I was like, oh, "I only saw the beginning. I fell asleep." That's the story of my life. Yeah, I was yeah. in the same boat with that. I started watching it with my son, and I fell asleep. And I'm like, "Okay, it's, this is basically about a two and a half hour wizard battle, from what I can tell." <laughs> the plot seems pretty irrelevant here. <laughs> All right, if you could live in another historical period, would you? And if so, which one? Oh, that's hard. Everything's nice right now with AC and technology. and Yeah, and this isn't like you go visit it and you get to see yeah, it walk around. There. You're living there for the rest of your life. Kind of like Back to the Future 3 where Doc went to the Old West and stayed. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to go with a period of time where romantics are still alive and poets are still very much alive and thriving. Oh. Where like, that's like a, where it's not looked at for men to be romantic for it. For men being romantic to not be looked upon as like. What era are you talking about? I don't know. A period of time, whatever era that is, where romantics and poets like Emily Dickinson era, like like yeah, like maybe something like that. You realize, but they look so hot in all those dresses. They they poured buckets of poop out the windows (laughs) onto the streets, and and that's they would go down the gutter. That's how. Am I going back in time? Like, it, are you asking me, am I, can I pick the era and then just go to it? Cause then I'll just bring 2020. No, you gotta be that in era. that, oh, go you gotta there. be that person in that time. Yeah. You're living there for the rest of your life. I don't want to go. There's a lot to think go. through and, and I don't want to overthink this, this little exercise, but yeah. I'm assuming I get, I'm assuming I get the knowledge I have now. I would oh, go uh-huh. back to like 1800 and, and, and start writing mm-hmm. away and be like, here you go. It's called the Chronicles of Narnia. You're going to love it. <laughs> it's the bestseller. I, it, and steal the credit, Jesse. I mean, I, Tolkien would, or, or Lewis wouldn't even be bored. And I'd be writing it from memory. And I've only read it like one time when I was a kid. <laughs> so it would be a wildly different story. It's like these men are born and they're like, wow, this feels familiar. They read it and they're like, hmm. I could have come up with that. Yeah, I'm just going to, all the good ideas that have been come up with between 1800 and now, I'm going to be like, dude, you guys, you guys are going to love this. Batman. Okay. <laughs> listen, just listen. Okay. Here's the concept. I would, I would probably go wild west. I'd probably go old west. Oh, wow. Because again, the bathroom situation is fine. Cause you just, every, it's not like being poured into the streets because you're just out in the wilderness. So you just kind of take care of that. So it doesn't stink. So that'd be big. What else is appealing about yeah, that? Yeah, so it you? seems like a lot, Cameron, of your decisions about where you're living is coming down to the plumbing situation. <laughs> yeah. Like when was John it's a big when, deal. Was, when was John Crapper born? Exactly. <laughs> wait, wait. Y'all don't know that's his real name. Yeah. Like, no. Gabs yeah. is laughing like he made a joke. John Crapper no. invented the toilet. Yeah. As what? he should. Yeah. yeah. So well, is that well, where the didn't... term comes from? Like yes. that feels yes, weird yes. to ask. Like yes, but but oh. he didn't invent it. He was the second guy. He made it mass market. Like he's the one who like rolled it out. The invention wow. technically existed previously, but you guys, how famous must you feel to have crap be used on a daily basis? Oh yeah. my what god! A, what, a, what a legacy! <laughs> he invented the crapper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I could just go back in time to the era right before he invented the crapper, invent it, and then mm-hmm. that would take care of both my issues. Number one, I'd be really rich and famous forever. And number two, no sewage in the streets because I invented there the crapper. I, and uh, no no foul language that your mom tells you not to say the word crap. So there you go. Every, there you well, go. Everybody be saying strang like as a, <laughs> yeah. as a cuss word. I, I don't know for certain. I'm sure this is documented somewhere. 
But do we know for for sure that crap wasn't already in the parlance of the time? <laughs> and he's like, well, my name's Crapper. I should probably come up with a product <laughs> that, for, that solves the problem. You know? So you're saying, you're saying that his name determined his career. Like if a parent oh. names their child Jeeves, He's going to be a butler. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing I, else. I'm, you not, can... I'm not suggesting that's what happened. I'm saying, do we know for certain that didn't happen? You know, no, we, I mm. no, we don't know that for certain. No, we don't know. Uh, what, Jamie, where would you go? Would I you? got nothing. I really like everything we have right now. If I'm going to go anywhere, I'm going to probably go back to college and do things a few different. But that's not a new era. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's see a couple more. Here we go. Uh, what's one thing you're unbeatable at? Unbeatable. I don't know about unbeatable. I, I feel like I'm a pretty formidable cornhole player. Wow. Um, as Cameron has seen. <laughs> I beat you. Well, it, it oh, was then not you're not one unbeatable. On one. It was not one-on-one. It was not one-on-one. It was, not one on one. It was, True. It was oh. playing on teams. So. so you're saying that me and my son versus you and your son, our first time ever playing <laughs> cornhole, mind you, beating you and your son <laughs> You're throwing your son under the bus because you're unbeatable. <laughs> on him. You're saying it's completely his fault. I'm just saying it wasn't one-on-one. You can interpret that however you like. <laughs> I, I like to think that I could still like beat my boys at basketball, which is the dumbest thought that I've, that has ever come across my brain. But I kind of joke with them like I'm going to beat them, which I never do. So I don't know that I have anything that I'm unbeatable at. Hmm. Nothing. Gabs? I can... I can crush a bag of candy yeah. faster than anyone. Oh, that's good. That's pretty yeah. <laughs> pretty useful. Which actually, okay, recently apparently it came to light that Skittles are like toxic for humans. Well, and duh. It, they shouldn't even be like on the shelf. But I'm just thinking they're a ball of sugar. All like, that it's just dye. Harmless. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like actually like chemicals yeah. in it. Yeah, How do you be? think they... Gabs. How Look, do you... I... Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. People need Skittles. I yeah, you'll be fine. These are just scare tactics. Who cares? <laughs> you, people drink Gatorade all the time, and that looks like, you know, f- fluorescent paint. It's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, and they say it's healthy for you. Yeah, exactly. I do it. Uh, okay, last one. What's your best college memory? Oh, I mean... Jesse has a library. Yeah, of that's what I'm saying. I feel like... I feel like... Uh, uh, you know, one of those last scenes of the office or like when, when Dwight asked Michael, Hey, what was your favorite memory? And he's like, all of them, you know, not to be sentimental, but I I had a blast in college. Like it would be hard to identify a single memory in college that, that, that was the best. It was, it was just a good time. I wish I could go back to college and have the kind of experience that you just said. I did not have a blast in college. I, I, I did. a. I was having a lot of fun, but it was like not appropriate and don't remember a lot of it. I wish if I could go back, I really would want to do college over and I'd want to be like, have fun and make friends and do all the fun things. I just, oh, I want those years back. Jesse and I were at a unique university in the sense that it was a Christian school and it's a it was a residential campus, so everybody had to live on campus. It was about three four thousand students, so it was small, but it was Division One athletics. So like mm-hmm. we're playing all the huge schools, all the Big Twelve schools and stuff like that. And so it was this weird thing of like you knew everybody, but it was big enough that there was a ton of stuff to get involved in. But there was this weird kind of bubble culture because we all lived there, and you know. It was a really interesting environment and a lot of fun. I agree, Jesse. 
I don't know this. Is that where y'all met? This is totally off subject, but no, no, no. Uh, we just happened to go to the same school. Jesse years later yeah. interned at Relevant. That's how we met. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But two two proud ORU grads, you know. Biffles from the get go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gabs, what's your favorite college memory? I don't have one. I really don't. I'm gonna be honest and say that I I'm still I'm still taking classes right now and I really never had the college experience to where like I actually went to university and stayed at a dorm or any of that. Like I've always done online school while I have, while I have worked. Um, and I usually only do like a class or two at a time, but it's been great. So the whole thing is a great See, memory. Jamie, you could do that. You could just start taking classes again. Well, I don't want the education again. I just want the experience. <laughs> you, if you can, yeah. Well, you should, Jamie, I think you should start like an old school scenario where you just start a sorority where you do all the fun college stuff. Right. As like a 44 about. year old mom. Yeah. Yes. That sounds exciting. Yes. <laughs> just start a community group. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. That's what it is. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. So there's some random table topics. I, I love doing those because I feel like I get to know you guys a little more each time. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Eugene Cho for joining us today. Make sure to check out bread.org to see how you can help bring an end to world hunger. Also, while you're online, head over to relevantmagazine.com to see all of our content every day. We're posting uh, the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice um, every weekday. Um, also, while you're there, the, the summer issue of Relevant is available for free. Uh, it is presented by our friends at World Vision and features conversations on the student debt crisis, celebrity church culture. Uh, We have culture shapers like John Favreau, Naomi Rain, um, and a lot more. Go check it out. It's available for free. Thanks to our friends at World Vision. Also, if you are a Relevant Plus subscriber, you can get your ad-free enhanced edition right there in your account dashboard. And if you haven't checked out Relevant Plus, it's the best way to experience our content. It's ad-free everything. This podcast, ad-free and exclusive um, subscriber podcast each week of uncut interviews with a lot of these, you know, these people that you're hearing like three or four or five minutes here on the show. Well, you want to hear the other 40 minutes of that conversation? Yep. Become a Relevant Plus subscriber and you'll get that um, that podcast every week. Also, uh, unlimited reading and ad-free reading at relevantmagazine.com and a lot more. Go check it out. Plans start as low as two fifty a month. And we very much appreciate the support from uh, all of you who are subscribers. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out our weekday devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can just check out that day's entry in our faith section on the website. Um, yeah, I guess that'll do it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Gabrielle Griffin. And we will see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com
I will have the greatest nose in the history of humanity. Relevant Podcast Network.